0: Welcome to the Teachers as Leaders podcast, where we'll explore how teachers take on leadership roles in schools. I'm Todd Bedard, and throughout this season, we'll interview teacher leaders, discuss building culture and promoting student learning in schools. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Teachers as Leaders podcast. This is my first endeavor into podcasting. We used to have a YouTube show that I did for my phys ed association. And that was really rewarding and really fun. And now we're going to move it into the podcasting world. So I'm going to take the lead on this one and focus on teacher leadership in schools. I think that's an opportunity that a lot of teachers maybe don't get or don't look for. And I just wanted to look at that and examine that and hopefully show people throughout this podcast um, what you can do uh, to change the game and and to, to innovate and create culture in schools. You know, they often say leadership doesn't need a title, and I really believe that um, because if we only relied on the people with titles in the building, a lot wouldn't get done. As we all know, they're busy. So are we. Uh, So teacher leadership is an important piece to this puzzle called educating kids. Um, I think it's important that we look at education as a whole. I think education is at a crossroads right now. Um, Old best practices are sometimes, in some cases, no longer relevant, In some cases, they are, and I think it's about finding a balance on what uh, old best practice and what new best practice looks like. Uh, We're entering the algorithmic age, as uh, Mike Walsh often says, the author of The Algorithmic Leader, um, leaving the information age. So what is that going to look like as we personalize our lives with our phones and with the websites that we visit, and it's not just about finding information anymore. So that's what I'm going to explore with this podcast, and I'm looking forward to a great season. I'm going to try to interview different teachers. Um, sometimes we'll just talk about different ideas, and I have a few hosts that will be joining me as well. So, thanks for joining me on this podcast, and I hope you enjoy this episode, episode one, and the many other episodes that we plan to do. So this first idea for this podcast came up with a conversation that I had with my friend and colleague Colleen Staten um, over this past school year. Uh, she had taught phys ed with me for the better part of 20 years and has moved on to be the, the assistant principal in the high school um, that I teach in. And we were talking about back to school night and the experiences that we had both as parents and teachers and really felt like our school uh, needed a revamp. So we might talk about that in a future episode. Tonight, I really want to just focus on opportunities we as teachers can use um, in our own classrooms to present for back to school night Um, But we really looked at kind of innovative ways of doing back to school night. Because if you think about it, I mean, we've had it many ways over our career. Um, Colleen and I did, you know, when we first started, um, sometimes the principals would come in and say, here's what we're doing. Here's how you're going to do it. And every eight minutes we're going to switch classes. And this is the format we want. And then as our careers have gone on, uh, they kind of gave us a little bit of autonomy to do it um but we still had 8 to 12 minute classes so you're trying to go through and get the business side of things done here's the homework policy here's the participation and grading and all of those things that are the business side of things and what i was finding at least a couple of years with that is is you'd you'd finish up and you'd get all the business stuff done and then you'd never really talk about who you were as a teacher or a person you never got to know the parents and because it was time to move on so it was really not really a fun experience, I would think, for some of the parents. And then going through it as a parent myself and experiencing that side of it, I would agree that it really wasn't that fun. I didn't feel like I knew anything more when I left some of those classes. So we really looked at kind of some different and interesting ways of doing it. And this summer, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to ISTE down in Philadelphia. And uh, Sabrina Lindsay, this uh, social studies supervisor, and myself were kind of talking back and forth about some innovative ways of doing back to school night. And she had met. Um, This man that I'm going to interview later in this podcast, Brett Vogelsinger, he comes from Central Buck School District, and he did a great poster session down there talking about both a high-tech and a low-tech option for his back-to-school night, and he does stations, and it really kind of falls into the same line that I just described, where we we didn't have enough time to get through the fun stuff and the good stuff because we spent so much time on the business side of things. So I'm going to do a little open, talk a little bit about the interview that you're going to hear with Brett. And uh, hopefully you'll get some ideas of your own and you'll generate some thinking. As always, if you come up with some ideas of your own, please do share them. You can send me an email, which is in the show notes, tbidard2 at Gmail. Or you can look me up on Twitter. I'm at tb2boys, boys with a Z on the end. Um, And let me know what you're doing on your back to school night. We'd love to share this learning with, with as many people as we can. Um, but, you know, when you think about doing back to school night, I think it's important to think about um, simplifying the business stuff. Can you get that out ahead of time? You know, Brett's going to talk later in the interview. Um, he sends his out to the parents as a Prezi. Last year, I recorded a video and, and put it on YouTube and sent that out to all my parents ahead of time and, and and was able to watch how many people watched it and so on. So, So it was kind of a way to get through that business side of things so that when they did come to back to school night, um, we could have conversations about the great things that we're doing in class. We could have conversations about their students and their children, and how I can help their students and children feel better um, and, and learn better in my class. So, so I think that was that was an important shift um, that that I made last year, and I think it's a, it's an important shift that I think teachers should make when they think about um, preparing for back to school nights. Not to say that the business isn't important because it is, but I think when you spend the whole night on that. And you don't get to the good stuff. Sometimes you're, there's something something missing. I think people leave feeling like something might be missing. Um, and, and then other things to think about too. Can you let your parents um, experience what it's like to be in your class? You know, can you take them through a mini lesson? Can you show them a couple of things that you're using technology-wise in class and let them go through that? Because I think sometimes you know, depending on how long you've been out of school, it's hard to remember what it's like to be a school-aged student. And, you know, some of us went to school a long, long time ago. So it was way different back then. You know, we didn't have the access to the things that students today have access to. So maybe it's important that we, we give them a little taste of what it's like um, being a student day to uh, day, because that kind of sometimes can help them be supportive at home of what we're doing. Um, can you show ways, Brett's going to talk about this, which I loved, but can you show ways um, that you reinforce social and emotional safety? And I don't mean that from a physical standpoint, but like how are you making kids feel safe? What are, what are you doing in class to make sure that everything is is comfortable both socially and emotionally for those students? So can you do those types of things, and can you involve the parents in that in some way? Um, you know, and and then having those conversations with parents is important. I mean, we talk every day and all the time about you know school is about relationships. You know, Rita Pearson said it in her famous TED talk: uh, students don't learn from people they don't like, and you know, so it's important to connect to those parents and and make that a team effort and show them who we are as teachers. Ask them questions about how we can connect to their students better because they know them better than we do, and we can get to that. We can we can learn some things about those their students and their children um, that can help us help them. You know, as Brett mentioned earlier, sometimes it would take him three or four months to learn the things that he learned in back to school night just by asking some questions. And then in some cases, um, I think, you know, as teachers, we get caught up in our technology and it's really fun. And it's really inspiring and, and, and interesting. Um, but I would my advice with technology with back to school night would be incorporate technology. That's simple, because most of the parents that are going to walk through your door are technology immigrants, meaning they didn't grow up with technology at their fingertips like they have now. So the so. Sending them in and expecting them to run through a pair Deck or, or a, or a Flipgrid when they may or may not have never, ever seen that before um, may be a challenge and, and backfire. So I think sometimes it's important to go simple and make it something that they can just use quickly and but still connect and see that you are doing some innovative things and, and taking that a little bit further. And then the things like Flipgrid You can share with them when their students, when their children are able to go home and work with them. So, you know, doing that after the fact, almost like a family homework assignment would be how I might incorporate technology. Some of the more quote unquote advanced technology that maybe the parents of your children are not going to be familiar with. So anyway, slice it. It is about connections. It's about building relationships and uh, innovative back to school night is the way to go. And any way that you can simplify that business is important. So coming up next is the interview that I did with Brett Vogelsinger. He teaches at the Central Bucks School District um, in the middle school. He'll tell you a little bit about himself early in this recording. And uh, he just does an amazing, amazing back-to-school night. Um, I included in the show notes a blog post that he did on Matt Miller's website. Uh, Matt Miller is the author of Dish That Textbook and uh, he just Brett just did a phenomenal blog post, and he posts a couple of the stations, so you can actually get a visual on some of the things that he's talking about here in the podcast. So that'll be a nice, that's a nice little supplement to uh, this podcast. So enjoy the interview with Brett Vogelsinger, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time on the podcast. So thanks, everyone, for being with me here on the podcast today. With me on this first edition of the Teachers as Leaders podcast, I'm welcoming to the podcast, um, Brett Vogel Singer. He teaches in the Central Bucks School District in the middle school. I'll let him introduce himself. Welcome to the podcast, Brett.
1: Thanks for having me, Todd. I'm uh, an English teacher, ninth grade English teacher at Holocon Middle School in Central Bucks. And I'm um, excited to be here talking about back to school night.
0: Well, thanks so much for being with us. Um, when we were down at ISTE this year, um, we actually got to see your poster session down there. And my colleague, Sabrina Lindsay, who's the supervisor of social studies, in my school district said that you had just a fantastic way of doing things and uh, we're excited to talk about that and we'll dig into that a little bit here coming up but uh, was that your first time at ISTE this year?
1: Uh, second time I, I'd been when it was in Philadelphia about 2009 I think and then this year for the second time.
0: Okay did you present have you presented before or was this your first time presenting?
1: First time presenting at ISTE yeah which is a little overwhelming mm-hmm. it's big. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. When I got there, it's the first conference I've ever been to. And they said 14,000 people. I was like, I, I've only been to 14,000 people rooms when there's a concert going on.
1: So yeah, it's huge.
0: I was kind of waiting for the band to come out and play, but that never happened. <laughs> it was a it was a fun experience nonetheless. So what yeah, did you see anything? Did you see anything else good at ISTI that that sticks out to you that that maybe you could share? or was it just so overwhelming that because i i got overwhelmed the one day i didn't really even know where to go after a certain point
1: well i want to i'll comment on the poster sessions not i mean i was part of one of the poster sessions but i got to see another one um when i was a little more relaxed and not preparing for my own but it was nice to um to be able to chat with people one-on-one who had developed ideas um there's this great uh, school in missouri that I was working with everyday engineers and they showed how they used sort of everyday objects to start class in elementary schools um, by doing some simple engineering tests and had the data to show that attendance and things go up when kids are are sort of excited to enter and come into that um, that sort of environment. I also enjoyed hearing a presentation from a group from Sweden so I've I've never been um, at a conference that's international before So I enjoyed hearing a couple of teachers from Sweden talk about how they're working with individualized learning. So it was was a nice experience.
0: Well, that's cool. Well, this podcast, the topic of this was about um, looking at back to school night and and some innovative ways to do back to school night. And I actually met you via Twitter. My colleague Sabrina connected me on Twitter. Um, So can you talk about a little bit? I loved what you're doing. You have a high tech and a low tech version of your back to school night that you do. And we'll get into those here in detail coming up but can you kind of talk about how you used to do it and what led you to this and, and maybe that that pathway to where how we ended up with the poster session that we got to see?
1: Right. So traditionally, our back-to-school nights have been presentational. And at the secondary level, that means that um, they'll they'll spend about 12 minutes in each of the uh, their child's academic classes. Um, and so, you know, you sort of, the, the bell rings, parents are late and in finding your room sometimes. And in the past, I'd sit there, or I'd stand there and And give a very fast-paced, enthusiastic presentation that first of all hit some of the, um, I guess I'd call it the drier, more boring, necessary details about how class works. And then I wanted to try to blast through that so I could get to some things that I was more excited to talk about, um, like uh, what we were going to do and what we were going to learn about this year, what we're going to read in English class. But what I never really got to was learning anything about their kids from them. Um, and that was one thing that always kind of bugged me. And I, I never really felt like I was making much of a personal connection with parents in that little limited time I had. And we would have good turnouts. So I had access to almost every parent there for those 12 minutes. And it was all sort of um, me presenting to them, which, which doesn't reflect how my class looks on an average day either. So those mm-hmm. are some things that kind of bugged me over the years of, of my traditional back to school night.
0: Mm hmm. And then can you talk a little bit about, so, so when I saw your poster, you have a high tech version where you go around through stations and you have a low tech version through stations. So let's start, let's start with the low tech. So if I'm a parent coming into your room um, and and I'm not very technologically oriented, maybe I have a flip phone, maybe I don't carry a phone or whatever it is. um, how, How, what would I do with that low tech? Can you walk, walk me through that experience?
1: Sure. So I had for my, this was my first year doing it. I had five different stations and each station had that high-tech or low-tech option. And um, I'll give you an example of two of the stations. One was um, social-emotional learning. Another station was writing and vocabulary. So in those 12 minutes, I'd introduce you know myself in the first 30 seconds or so, and then get parents up and moving around to different stations. Um, a low-tech option for social-emotional learning, I-, I had parents write a note to their child if they wanted to give them some encouragement. If I saw them having a rough day. I saved those notes and gave them out throughout the year. Um, for writing and vocabulary, I had them um, on poster paper write down what's one way you use writing skills in your workplace or outside of the school environment. And so it was a, a way of, you know, low tech because it's all paper involved, but a way of um, getting them involved and thinking about the subject that we were working on. Um, it, without, it, it also opened up the possibility that I could talk to people one-on-one meet them and ask important questions. Like, um, what, what should I know about your child as a reader or what, um, what Mm -hmm. strengths does your child have that I could build on an English class? I never got to ask those questions before. So that's the low tech Mm -hmm. part of it.
0: And you find that they're giving you some good feedback then that helps you as a teacher differentiate learning and and help kids improve.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Even hearing how they explain their, Child's re- background with reading uh, when I ask that first question, mm-hmm. or what you know, learning a, what they see as their greatest strength is that could take me months to figure out in class with a quieter kid. <laughs> so it's nice to hear some of those things from the, the child's first teacher, their parent.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, can you take us through then the high tech version of those same stations? Like, if I'm coming in and I'm and I'm Mr. Techie, sure. and, you know, we we went to Misty, so you and I would probably be in the high-tech option. So what would, what would that look like and feel so like? So I
1: wanted to demonstrate some of the um, tech tools that we use in class, um, including QR codes. So when I say high-tech, we're not talking – we have 12 minutes, so we're not talking anything too detailed. But each station had a QR mm-hmm. code option. Um, I'll give you the writing and vocabulary mm-hmm. example. Um, they could use a QR code uh, to get to our um, – One of our online learning tools that we use, uh, we use Canvas in my district as our learning management system. And they were able to do like a fill in the blank activity um, using uh, some of the vocab words and then submit how they would use those three vocab words in their own sentences. So sort of like playing with some of the language that the the students would be using. At a social emotional learning Mm -hmm. station, they had a chance to sort of skim through an article that uh, when they use the QR code they could skim through an article that we had read for class about how to um, uh, find the greatest happiness in stressful times. And so that was our first article of the week that we read this year. And I wanted them to see, okay, here's a source we're using online. Here's how we get to it. This is the kind of thing that we're reading when we we talk article of the week. So um, as they went around the room, one of them was even in in literature. It took them to Goodreads and and showed them uh, just a brief demonstration of how Goodreads could help them to track their own reading or help their kids to set reading goals. So basically Mm -hmm. I could farm out some of that um, interesting work to them uh, during the back to school night. And there's one other piece that I'm leaving out. That's, that's kind of crucial. The boring stuff, Mm -hmm. the boring stuff that I would normally have blasted through in the beginning. I send that out by email the week before school starts in a Prezi. So there's, I mean, that's a little techie too, but they're getting it via email and Prezi's, I'll tell you what, I'm finding a lot of people aren't that familiar with them, so they look extra impressive, <laughs> better than a PowerPoint right. does, cause just because it you know, has that nice sort of sheen to it and zoom through the information, and um, allows you to no integrate doubt. so many different media if you want to. So basically, I could start by saying, hey, I sent out all this information about how class works. If you didn't get it, it's posted on my webpage. You can check it out later. But while we're here and we have the time together, let's connect you know, face-to-face, and spend some time exploring the tools, the um, topics that we'll be learning about this year at the stations. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that that sounds like that's just probably flipped your back to school night on its head and just made it much more interactive and more productive. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I hope so. And most of the feedback from parents um, was really good. The one one thing that I took away from the first year that I can apply this year is that QR codes, while I thought were sort of, fairly basic technology and i'm using an iphone where it's sort of built into the camera um some still Mm -hmm. had phones where they needed to have that you know a special app for that and would have they said i'll let let people know that ahead of time so they can not be worrying about that when they're there and i that's Mm -hmm. a great suggestion that i will do this year so
0: yeah or even like a bitly in a way like and make it a web browser instead of a instead of a qr code
1: yeah so you do either
0: yeah I found, I found, I mean, I've done some stuff with QR codes and parents before too. And I've kind of had a similar experience where a lot of them were like, well, eh, this is a little unfamiliar. So I, I put the bit.ly underneath and that, that yes. has helped. That has helped Simple a lot.
1: So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Oh no, no worries. Um, the, uh, so you were talking about the Prezi. I, I know some of the listeners probably are familiar with Prezi or maybe even not familiar with Prezi. Do you need Can you just tell the listeners, do you need an app for that? Like if if you send the Prezi out and I'm not familiar with Prezi, like, can I view that without downloading the app? Can I, you know, talk to me a little bit about how that might work for the the non-tech person that might be. curious?
1: So Prezi is, um, for educators, you get, it's one of these freemium, you know, sort of uh, websites. So with the free version available to educators, you really get quite a bit, um, which I enjoy in terms of designing it in the first place. Um, When you go to share it, you can share it two different ways. You can get uh, a link that you can send out. So that's how I send it out in the email to parents. Um, But then I also embed it on my website, Uh, you know, my district Mm -hmm. webpage. Um, It's a little, it's not the easiest embedding (laughs) to do. For some reason, that part's a little clunky with Prezi. But once you get it in there, it looks great and they can uh, play through um, on the website. So that's why I have, I did have some people when I presented at ISTE asking, well, what about parents who said I didn't get the email or I don't have email with the district, mm-hmm. you know, that you were able to access? Well, then I can say, hey, mm-hmm. here's, you know, you can have a QR code with here's my website or here's a URL with my website. Right. You could check it at any time. It doesn't have to be during the time we're here together that we're talking about um, mm-hmm. yeah, things like honestly, even things like grades. Like, I don't know. It's School isn't all about grades. You can state that. in a a written form and not have to to waste that time together that you have.
0: That topic is a whole podcast in and of itself, (laughs) not being about grades. (laughs) Yeah. We could, we could definitely touch on a few topics there. Maybe we will sometime. (laughs) I should have you back and we'll do do that again. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brett, for being with us. And I really appreciate it. I'm so impressed with what you do. and, And if you're, if you're not, if for people that maybe don't, don't know where to find you. Can you tell us how to find you on Twitter and, and any of the other social medias that we can follow you, your educational path and, and, and learn from you and, and share continue to share this learning?
1: Sure. Um, my handle is at the Vogelman on Twitter. Um, and it from there, you'll be able to find my, uh, my website, which is actually <laughs> my, my blog is a, an annual blog project. So I start class of the poem every day. And for national poetry month, mm-hmm. I have teachers from around the country contribute posts and I do a post a day for April. And so that link is available there if you're interested in using more poetry in class. And um, on this topic, I also just uh, wrote a guest post for Matt Miller's uh, website at ditchthattextbook.com that went live and I I tweeted about that. So it's easy to find that link as well about creating a blended back to school night.
0: That's awesome. Well, Brett, thank you so much for being with us. I really, really appreciate meeting you and i really appreciate talking to you and and i can't wait to I'd love to talk to you again sometime if, if you have some time and we'll we'll pick some other topics maybe we can touch on the grade idea and, and go on it because i think that's a that's a relevant topic i think that educators would love to hear about
1: sounds great todd thanks
0: i hope you enjoyed this episode of the teachers as leaders podcast we hope to hear from you about the episode, please send me an email, tbidar 2 at gmail.com, to give me some feedback, ideas for future guests, or let me know some of the innovative things that you're doing in your class or back to school night. Look forward to seeing you on some future episodes. Thanks a lot again for listening.